right, all right. Welcome to the Tracy Diaspora Experience Podcast. Here we talk about family, faith, and finance, and how to build wealth and legacy for the next generation. My name is KG Oguleye, and today we're talking to an artist from all the way from West Africa, but now doing his own thing over here. Introduce yourself, Mr. Artist. Well, first of all, it's my pleasure to be on um, this your podcast. I have watched um, I've watched all the podcasts that you've been doing, and it's very interesting. My name, by the way, is I go by the name Terence Dexter, and I'm an artist, like you heard Miss Kedge said. I'm an artist, and my uh, my stage name is Dexter, D E X S T A R. Um, I started music with another stage name, uh, which mm-hmm. was uh, um, near my younger brother. So mm-hmm. we started as P brothers, but at some point I decided to go solo by the name Dexter. So right now I do music as um, Dexter. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Dexter. Dexter, where did you grow up? originally from Africa and to be specific from Cameroon, which is um, some say West Africa, some say Central Africa. So I grew up in Cameroon and I moved, at some point I moved to the United States. When I was around, when I was around mid-20s, I moved to the United States and then um, I continued my artwork during music for um, the Cameroonian population, the African population and the world in general. Okay. So Dexter, Terence, Cameroon is in West Africa. Don't go there with me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is in West Africa. Like you are my okay. neighbor. Please. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> Cameroon. Okay. So being uh, grew up in Cameroon, have background in Cameroon. Does that influence your music style? Does that influence you at all? You know, type of music that you now play or perform. Yeah. Uh... That answer is definitely a yes, uh, because you know, growing up um, as a child, you learn a lot of stuff. You learn from your environment. That's where you kind of like develop your niche. When you're growing mm-hmm. up, you see things around. You know, whatever is going on is most likely that you're gonna grow up copying those things. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it actually did influence the kind of music that I that I play. And um, growing up in Cameroon, Cameroon, the main jar of music is Makosa. But um, I grew I grew up doing Afrobeat because um, there is, I mean, I was aware of the tendency that most Cameroonians will find interest in something different from their normal Makosa. So I was very much in, involved in doing Afrobeat kind of songs because I wanted them to have a different feel of what is normal. Mm-hmm. But then at some point I have to bring in some Makosa, but I did what I what I did was I kind of mixed Afrobeat and Makosa to come up with Afropop kind of mixture, you know, make it more danceable and something different. Mm. Afrobeat, Makosa. Makosa is specific to Cameroon, right? Because I don't think yes. I've heard of it. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I think Nigeria came up strongly with Afrobeat, but Mak- Makosa, Cameroonian, in, in the days, 
when we talk of music wise, Cameroon was, you know, in the top, like in the, in the top <coughs> any, in music. Yes. I'm copying. Until Nigeria, no, until copying. Nigeria came, until Nigeria came with Afrobeat and stole, you know, the show and, you know, ran away with it. But, you know, Makosra uh, in those days, Congo, Cameroon, there were those countries where you talk about music and it was Makosa. I'm, I'm, I'm coughing. That's all I can say. <laughs> as far as you talking about Nigeria music and Cameroon, so I'm not even going there on this one, right? Well, I know, I know. I mean, I know after the podcast, you might probably gonna do some research and you find out that whatever I'm saying right now is what it is. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm not disputing you. I'm not disputing you, but you know how Nigeria. You, 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 you're very familiar with Nigeria. You know we don't go there. Nigeria is number one. Yeah, if you say you're not disputing me, in Africa that we grow up, we we understand that if someone is coughing, it's like, hey, you know, that's kind of like disputing. It's another word. If we have to come up with an African dictionary, then we can put coughing as disputing when someone is talking. So you're kind of like mixing yourself. You say you're not disputing, but you're coughing. And we all know what coughing means where we grow up. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. So, uh, Terrence, you said one of the things that you said is your music is more geared towards Cameroonian in in diaspora, really here in in this area, or do you do international as well? I um, basically I do music for the world. I do music. Mm-hmm. Um, if I have to classify it, I do music for Cameroonians. I do music for Africa. I do music for the world. So, music mm-hmm. it. It's something that you cannot localize your art. It's for yeah. the world because I have I have fans from America, Africa, Europe, all over the world. You know, people perceive music differently, mm-hmm. and they become your fans. So you cannot limit yourself and say I'm doing music just for Africans in diaspora, or for Africans, or for white mm-hmm. people, or for black people. You do music. You do music for the world. All right, all right. So music, you're doing music. How young were you when you just started? Well, music, um, if you talk about music, most artists will tell you it's something that is kind of like inborn. You mm. find yourself growing up listening to music and you started writing music. It's not something, I know there are schools where you can go for music and learn how to write music and play instruments and stuff. but music always generally comes naturally when you're growing up. It's just an inborn thing. I grew up um, doing music, not professionally, because mm-hmm. of some barriers, you know, back home, because of finances and, you know, um, environmental circumstances, you know. But I started mm-hmm. music when I was young, play music like in churches and, you know, singing in school choirs and all that kind of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. That's how it all started. Okay, okay. So, but then, when did you know this is a career that you want to pursue? Well, um, growing up, you always want, I mean, if some, music was like inborn to me, and I always wanted to make it a career. But mm-hmm. in the environment that we grew up, you don't really determine who you want to be. It kind of like your parents, your family, your relatives. They want to direct you on what to do, you know. And um, I finally, you know, 
figure out and started doing music professionally when I moved to the U.S., where I was mm-hmm. able to make those decisions by myself yeah, without yeah. hindrance mm-hmm. from, you know, external sources and family members and all of that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was actually going to ask you. When when your parent, you know, like you said, when you're growing up, you're looking at you, you need to go to school, you need to be a doctor, you need to be this. When that tendency is there that you want to do music, how did your parents react? It was kind of difficult because um, when I was going growing up, I was very smart. You know, I can brag about that. I was in mm-hmm. the top percentile in you know in 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 my classwork and everything. So my mom, which was my mentor at that time, never wanted me to do something else. You know, mm-hmm. she like, oh, you're good in school. Music, you know, is for people that don't go to school. All those means, all those kind of stuff like music. You have to go to school. I want you to become a doctor and this. I used to be a good soccer player, football player mm-hmm. back home, even better than music. But my mom stopped me from doing football, soccer, um, stopped me from music. So basically, I was just doing music like, you know, go to school, sing um, amongst your friends, little shows in cool choir churches and stuff, you know. But um, I always knew music was something I wanted to do, but Mm. I had, uh, you know, there was hindrance. And I re- never really excelled in music when I was young just because of that. But I did well in school. I had mm-hmm. my bachelor's degree in um, geology and environmental sciences. I had my master's degree in um, environmental sciences. I grew up, you know, as a good student. But then mm-hmm. music was like secondary until I came mm-hmm. to the U.S. where I was like, hey, you know, this is something I've always wanted to do. And I put in all my energy and I explode. Exploded, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then how did they react now? How did your mom react now that, I mean, you went to school, you have your bachelor and master, but now you're doing music. How did she take in it? Well, uh, things, the tables have changed, you know. When you're growing up, you listen. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, if you if you give birth to a child today, they will stand, they will walk. While you're a child, your mom makes decisions for you. That's in Africa. Mm-hmm. And once you've become an adult, now your mom is growing older, your parents are growing older, you start making decisions for them, they start listening to you. So um, while I was young, I missed a lot in my music career, football I wanted to do. But then um, when I moved to the U.S., the tables changed. My mom started listening to I played her some of my videos, and she cried. She shed tears. Mm-hmm. And when I asked her why, you know, she she said she felt guilty. She never mm-hmm. really let me explore the talent that I had when I was young. She regretted the fact that um, she didn't let me do what I really wanted to do because she saw how good I was in doing music. And I would take her to parties, and sometimes she watched me perform. She would shed tears. She feel like maybe um, I would have been way bigger than who I am today. But I told her, hey, I, I'm still fine, you know. Mm-hmm. God gave me the talent. I am so happy that at some point I was able to still exploit that talent and make people become my fans and enjoy the music that I'm doing. 
That's good. So the table was turned around. That's good. That's good. That's good. So the other thing that I want to talk about is, you know, this business of music is very hard on people that have families, married with children. I mean, because fans flock at you. And I mean, how do you handle that? Well, well, there are certain things you really cannot say it how it is, but I'm going to try to see how I can explain this, you know, mm-hmm. just because I know a lot of people out there might find themselves in this kind of situation. Um, the truth is, um, in music, you want to build your fans, and your fans, they want to see you single. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to see you available. I mean, I'm not sure what they're thinking, but... If you're a male artist, every woman that is enjoying your song fantasize like, oh, I wish he was, you know, he was mine. Mm-hmm. I wish, you know, some of them even feel like they're married to you or they are having a relationship with you. So um, having a family and doing music is very difficult because if I have to speak for myself, my wife really don't want me to do music because of what you just mentioned, all those attention seeking and all those attractions and what comes with music. So um, it's either you choose to become a really, really big, big star and forget about family, or you manage being a big star and still manage your family. So me, I put my family first, you know, put my wife and kids, I have three kids, I have a wife. You know, it's hard for me to really forget about my family and pursue my uh, my dreams, becoming a bigger artist, because if, you're big, if you want to become a bigger artist, a really bigger artist, you have to be in Nigeria today, you have to be in Cameroon tomorrow, you have to be mm. in Europe the next day. Your family is missing you, your kids are missing you, you get, maybe mm. you get one week up, to spend time with them and the rest three weeks in the morning you're out traveling so basically what i do is i try to manage things accommodating my family accommodating the music and that's more reason why i'm doing music um i would say i'm not fully involved in music because sometimes i get some calls to travel and i cannot make it because hey my kids i need to make sure they go to school i need to make sure i'm there for them but so long Mm -hmm. as you work for me Mm -hmm. you know that's what i want but you know some other artists will choose the other way around which is it's going to work better for them depending on their situation most artists will get married when they are down their peak when they're off their peak and they want to set through. At that time, they want to get married and start making kids. But that's their decision, you know. Mm-hmm. I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. That's good, that's yeah. good, that's good. Family force, right? You know, I always talk about you, family force, okay. But even yeah. while with this um, music, you travel to Cameroon now, right? You travel to Cameroon, you travel to Nigeria to perform, so, yes. or to other African nations. What reception do you always get when you do that? Um, music, basically, when you travel, it um, it depends. Most of the times you travel where you have your fans. So mm. the reception is always going to be great. For someone in Nigeria to call you to come perform, maybe in a wedding, or maybe there's one time I performed in Nigeria where somebody was celebrating, buying a new boat and stuff. For someone to call you, most of the time, you have a fan base in that area 
or maybe mm. whoever is bringing you is your fan. So the reception is always going to be great. You know, your style of music, the kind of music you play, and your stage present. You might even pick up a mic and jump on the stage, and you don't have mm -hmm. a fan, but everybody mm -hmm. is screaming and becoming your fan based on how you perform, based on how you exercise your art on stage. So the reception has always been great. I'm going to say this. This is an advice for um, artists in the diaspora. It is very difficult for you to be an artist in the diaspora and you become so big back at your base because mm -hmm. music, um, you become bigger when you're around, you know, go around for radio, interviews, TV shows, and you can act, the, the fans can actually feel you in the nightclub. They want to see you around, you know, so you build your fans, you make it bigger if you're around. But once yeah. you're in the diaspora, I mean, um, you have other things that are distracting you. You have bills going on. It's not easy. And in the diaspora, the fans that you have in the diaspora cannot really, really push you that high because everybody have bills to pay. They have to go to work. You know, they pay mm -hmm. attention, but not like in back home where you have a lot of people that maybe are jobless or maybe they have too much time in their hands to support you, you know, make you grow bigger. All right. All right. So let me take a break. We'll come back and finish this. Okay. All right. Hello, this is Zanetta Rogers. Join me on Wednesday at 5 p.m. for my new podcast, Legacy Game Changers. Every Wednesday at 5 p.m., join me and we are talking about finance, education, and wealth building for you and your family to leave a legacy for your loved ones. Once again, that's Legacy Game Changers, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Hey there, this is KG. Are you looking for opportunity to build wealth using real estate? Are you looking for opportunity to build generational wealth? This is KG. I'm a realtor with KFX Realty. I help people buy and sell real estate, build generational wealth. Listen, if you're looking to buy, sell, or move, contact me and I'll take care of you. Don't forget to contact me. You can email me kg at metrohomesrealty.com. That's K E J I at metrohomesrealty.com. Let's connect so that you can start building wealth for your family and the next generation. All right, welcome back, welcome back. Dexter. So if you want to see you perform in the DMV area, where are you? Where do you usually perform? Yeah, in the, in the DMV area, generally um, I perform every weekend because you have the gigs, all these events, they go on in the weekends. Like people mm -hmm. might invite you on their birthdays, on their weddings, you know, mm -hmm. like graduation parties. So 
I really don't have a like a particular location where I would need to go perform because it's based mm -hmm. on what comes in and what comes out. You know, we might do some live shows, live bands sometimes, but generally people invite you to come for their parties, graduation, baby showers, um, birthday celebrations, weddings, and all of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So wait a minute. People have bands for baby showers? No, what I was saying is they have some bands, like for example, they have, um, there are some specific bands that plays in specific clubs. Like they have a band okay. I used to play, one club in Kishinev. You, they might invite mm. you to come play, and they will play some live band, and you, 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 you perform live band. That, that's where have, um, that's where you have a particular location where you perform. That's what I was trying oh, okay. to say. Okay, 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 okay. So Terence. As we're going to round up shortly, looking back how you started, you said, you know, like most people that uh, lived in uh, Africa, in West Africa, Cameroon, or Nigeria, that when you, your career is sometimes determined for you, right? But looking back now, seeing what you have accomplished, what advice can you give your younger self? Like, you know, you're in your 18, 19, what advice can you give your younger self? Well, um... Um, an advice that I will give goes with the very first song that I released, which the title was Do It Your Way. And if I'm giving someone an advice, do it your way, it's not necessarily telling an 18-year-old not to listen to your parents. You can listen to your parents, but you need to have that God feeling like, okay, this is what I really want to do. You know, at some point you have to stick on that because... Um, when I was 15, 16, 17, 18, if I had really gotten involved in music, like how I felt, and I would have been way bigger today. Like, you know, Whiskey Nigeria is bigger mm -hmm. star because he started music when he was really young. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure if he had some external pressure for him not to do music and he went against that or if uh, he didn't have, but... I'm just going to give an advice to a younger artist, like try to do it your way, go by how you feel, put as much pressure as, it, as much as you can in your God-given talent. Um, you don't have to be disrespectful, but you just have to, you know, um, 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 put more pressure on what you really want to do. And mm. um, you have to be very composed, very humble, Take music seriously, but also pursue your education because um, music today is not just for the uneducated. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to have interviews where you need to present yourself. You need morals. You know, I have some artists that became bigger, but then they have a drawback side where their attitude on how they behave is poor and you know i don't want to call names but you know general public will say oh he's good his music is good but oh he's um a woman beater a, a woman beater or he's disrespectful or this or that so my advice is follow your your music career do some education listen to your parents but then you can always put more pressure in how you feel and what you want to do okay okay that's good that's good yeah, that's that's a very good advice. I like the advice about education because you actually have, like you said, bachelor's and master's degree, and you're still doing your music, right? Sure. So, parents, you're a parent now. 
if you're one of your daughters or your son said, I want to do music. I want to be like you, Daddy. What are you going to do? Well, I love music. I'm into the music world. Um, it will be very surprising that someone in the music world, someone that's doing music, will tell their daughter or your son not to do music because I'm doing music because I see uh, music is my calling. Music is what I want to do. Music is what makes me happy. Music is what makes people happy, and making people happy makes me happy. Um, if my daughter or my son wish I would just see them home singing and, you know, trying to become um, musicians or artists, I will encourage them. You know, I encourage them. Like my daughter came back from school the other day. Daddy, teach me how to write a song and all of that. How do you write a song? I encourage them in music, but like I said earlier, I'm still going to make sure they have a good education because you become a better artist if you're educated, your morals are good, people love you more, you're more composed, you know, and you're still excelling in music. So I want my daughter, I want my son to become a musician tomorrow, but then they have to go to school. All right, all right. So, you know, another thing is the perception. People think as an artist, you're picking money off the floor. Is that true? That you're so rich an, that... Oh, in, okay. In every profession, making money depends on how talented you are, how you carry yourself, how mm -hmm. you do business. Because mm -hmm. you can have someone that have a grocery store somewhere in Southeast or in Africa, have someone that have a store in Northwest or somewhere. They, all of them are not doing good because of their strategy. Mm -hmm. So music is not picking money off the floor. You know, they, there's, there's money in music. But then you have to produce good music. You have to market yourself appropriately. You have to be loyal to your fan. You have to... You know, whatever you say, whatever you do, you have to make your fans have confidence in you. You know, so it all depends. But generally, music, there's money in music. You make money from shows. You make money from YouTube views. You make money from, you know, so many platforms that people download your song. But then you making that money is not easy money. You have to plan. You have to have a team. You know, you have to have, you know... Um, the quality of songs that you put out, put out there and quality of your of your music video makes it easier for you to make that money. Just like any profession, you have to work at it, right? It just doesn't follow you. You have to work hard. You have to you have to be on top of your A game and make sure you're doing things right. You don't go on YouTube, or on Facebook, and you're talking trash. You know, um, mm -hmm. under the influence on drugs and just talking. Everyone's gonna look at you like, hey. I mean, mm -hmm. nobody even want their son to listen to your song. And your song, the message that you pass on your songs too, can determine how big you are in music. Mm -hmm. I realized that when I did the first, my first song that I released, I was Do It Your Way, where I was trying to say, hey, you cannot just depend on others. You have to work hard. And if someone is trying to put you down, you have to do it your way. You don't have to fight back. And that message people relate to that message more. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. with that, I gain more fans. And if any fan hears that I'm performing at this place, they'll want to come because 
I kind of relate with what they see, like this is how normal life is. So your music, your message plays a bigger role in give, putting money into your pocket. So you have yeah. to, you know, write your music based on what people, what is going on in our community, in the society, what people can relate to. Then it's going to be easier for you to make money. You don't go writing music and cursing, using some foul words and expecting parents to let their children play that at home. If you play a song and you're using all those kind of crazy followers, a child is not going to play it at home for the dad to even hear because there's no way you're going to promote that song. Some mm -hmm. people in those crazy areas will like it, but then your fans, your music will end at certain you know, certain areas. It's not going to be generalized. You're not going to be able to build more fans and make more money. All right, that's the lesson in music that you just gave us, Dexter. So, Dexter, if somebody wants to listen to your music or hire you, how can they get in touch with you? We have a, a YouTube channel, which is our station, me and my younger brother. It's mm -hmm. uh, P Brothers. If you go to YouTube and you put P mm -hmm. Brothers, which is P-B-R-O-D-A-Z, you're going to see a lot of songs came, will come up, songs that we've been doing from since 2012. We have a lot of videos, a lot of songs available. If you go to iTunes, there's a lot of songs where you can download. And so many other music channels, uh, music um, medias that you can find people's songs from them. All right. Okay. 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 Thank you, Terrence Dexter. Thank you. Thank you for coming out and talking about music today. I appreciate you. It's my pleasure to be here, and it was really nice talking to you. I enjoyed the questions, and I hope my fans out there, people out there that didn't know me or, you know, the public in general can pick out something from what I said in this interview. You know, oh, yeah. it's a pleasure to oh, be yeah. here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to this episode of Three Sister Diaspora Australian Podcast. It is our prayer and commitment to support you as you strive to build legacy for your family. If you'd like to contact me, KG, please email me at kg at metrohomesrealty.com. And don't forget to check out my website, metrohomesrealty.com. It has been a pleasure to share with you. Until next time, have a wonderful day.